Hi, Bill Crystal here. Another episode of The Substandard. This really is our darkest hour. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Lilu, uh, multipass. You know this multipass. Lilu Dallas, my wife. We're newlywed. Just met. Multipass. You know how it is. Bump into each other. Sparks multipass. happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multipass. Yeah, anyway. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and now Stitcher. Just look at our podcast, search for Substandard, you'll easily find us. Uh, please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. For the sake of those algorithms, leave a review. In addition, uh, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are usually available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Most of the time. Sometimes. Most of the time, JV? I'd say, yeah, 90%. Mm. Most of the time. We're trending 85. downward. We're trending downward. But, but I, I, I hope to keep it at a solid 65%. That's a good number. Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing? JVL, how are you? I, uh, I had Saturday night the, the third best night of my life. <laughs> and it was so Nights of your life ranked. Uh, Rank them. Well, of course I keep ranking. <laughs> so what, is, what, do you think I am? Some sort of monster? <laughs> Uh, and it was so special that I actually don't even know that I should talk about it. Oh, my God. Oh, you can't do that. that. Is that you can't that's do like, that. What? Okay, well, okay, fine. You can't do that. That's nonsense. All right, so, so I, I've mentioned previously that I like taking my two older kids to the minor league ballpark, which is down the street from my house. Mm-hmm. So we went uh, Saturday, and it was bobblehead night for the Potomac Nationals, mm-hmm. which is all in, all in itself, that makes it a great night. Steven Strasberg flamethrower bobblehead night. A really awesome bobblehead. So wait, I, I, can I interrupt just briefly? Yeah. Are these like leftovers from the from the yes. like main no, team, no, no. or do they do they mint a whole new run of they Steven get, Strasburg bobbleheads? No, no, these are peanuts specific because these are players who've come through the peanut system, mm-hmm. uh, and they are manufactured for so it's like a legends. This is peanuts legends. Yeah, but they don't just do him. It's great. They do like seven or eight bobbleheads a season, and they're all small runs. I actually wonder what the economics of these are, because I know what our tickets cost, and we buy the most the most expensive tickets they have at the Peanuts, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the much- bobblehead has to cost to make. I mean, is there an ad on the bobblehead? Is it like presented by you know Oarsman? Ford yeah, yeah. This one was like presented that. by Flying Dog, a local okay. brewery. Yeah, so oh, yeah, I assume sure. Flying Dog picks up, you know, at least half the tab on I that. guess. Although I don't know how they're making money because as we got to the ballpark and got our bobbleheads and then came in, the fine people of Flying Dog had a tent set up where they were just giving out free beer. Wow. And it was delicious, really good. So I like Flying Dog. You went to a professional baseball stadium and received not only a free bobblehead, but also free beer? Yes. Insane. So I don't know how the economics of this work for Flying Dog, where they pay for the bobbleheads and then give out beer. doing really well. So we uh, were there at the park early. It's a beautiful night. Saturday, we had had thunderstorms early in the day, and so the temperature dropped about 20 degrees, and it was just perfect, like 72 degrees outside. Magic hour, you know, the pink clouds up in the sky. And I'm sitting there in our little field box seats having my free beer, 
And my kids had each brought a couple of the balls that they've gotten over the years and Sharpies. And while the team was out on the field stretching and warming up, they asked the players for autographs. And they each wind up with like, I don't know, 15 player autographs on their balls. And everything's great. It's really, really fantastic. And uh, the players are wearing one-off jerseys that they were then auctioning off in-game for to raise money for the National Kidney Foundation. And my kid said, hey, could we go and bid on one of the bid on Brian Mejia's jersey? Brian Mejia is their favorite player. They've cheered for him for two and a half seasons now, I think, at the, the single-A level. Brian is a great guy, good baseball tactician. Uh, utility infielder, I think actually has a future in coaching. He'll make a good coach one day. No, I think he yeah. does. Actually, they he, they let him, when he's not playing, he coaches first base. Um, anyway, and so it, it's great, Brian. He, he sort of knows who my kids are because they're always, they're the ones screaming like crazy every time he even walks past him, and he's very sweet and very kind. So we go over and we bid on Brian Mejia's jersey, and we win it. Hey. And so I parked my kids back. Was it box. was it a very competitive bidding or no? It was reasonably competitive. And uh, so I go back over to the table and I, I pay for the jersey and I say to the, the nice gal running the auction, I said, so do I come back tomorrow to pick it up or you guys ship it to us? What, what's the deal? And she says, oh, no, no, no. After, after the game, you just come on the field and he'll ah! give it to the kids. Yes. <laughs> so, what, what, what? And so that's what happens. So we, oh, we go onto the field, and Brian sees my kids and recognizes them. He's like, hey, you two, and you're the one. And so he takes his jersey off, and he signs it, and he hands it to them, and he kneels down and puts his arms around them. We get a picture of three of them together. And it is the happiest I've ever seen my two oldest children <laughs> in their lives. And then there was fireworks. And <laughs> then they let the kids run the bases. And it was just the whole night was magical from the bobblehead to the free beer to the autograph balls to Baseball the game worn jersey. And uh, people will come. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, was as a real good celebration as, of America. Yeah. It was as good as it gets. So, are you going to get that, that shadow American. boxed? You're going to get that, that jersey like shadow boxed and framed up on the wall? Or no, no, is, is Cody no, going to like I wear kids. it? To oh no, we already he has already established like real serious protocols for wear. So you can wear it in the house mm. only if he's so if you are showered and clean, you can wear it in the house so long as you're not near food. Yeah, uh-huh. Well yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna have a big bowl of spaghetti. Only outside yeah. wear for it is games. So you can wear it to games if you really want to. Even I was a little but I said, look, it's well, you, you can't, can't. I mean, you can't. To be clear, wash these it. are these are my son's rules, not mine. Yeah, yeah you can't I, wash it. You Why can't the, you wash it? The, because the, the signature, the, the signature will fade. The signature is not what's important. What's uh, important is that Brian Mejia's gonna, essence you're gonna, is part of it. Yeah, but you're going to wash away his essence. essence. Yes, exactly. I don't think you can his, wash away his, his essence. His no. DNA yeah, is no. part of that jersey right now. Oils. You got You don't want the oils. The various secretions. Have you already washed it? No. So don't. Good. Don't. We could still clone him. We could still, we could still clone Ryan him. May, yeah. And it was the whole thing was the whole thing was legit magic. And I, I've good. said to you guys before, I'm not here, Victorino. This is yes. this is what it looked like. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! That's Look the happiest, happiest I've ever seen anyone. So happy! Look at how big the big god. smiles. Yeah, big smiles. it's like we're you know, I want to go nuka polar bear right now. We are, you know, the kids <laughs> are seal. down, you know, on on the dirt next to the batters, uh, batters on deck circle. The whole thing was amazing, and the Potomac Nationals are fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. This is this is the good. If Parenthood was like this every day, mm-hmm. then I would understand mm-hmm. why people do it. Sunny. Wow. <laughs>
How about uh, you, Sonny? What did you do? I did bought, you go outside? I bought some DVDs. Bought some <laughs> Blu-rays. Uh, what well, you know? As we as we were discussing last week, it's the Barnes and Noble half-off Criterion sale, and I just have to say, I don't think it's hoarding. I don't think it's hoarding if you just hoard Criterion DVDs, right? Like that's okay, isn't it? That's not a that's not a that's not a medical issue. Which one? As long you as get? as long, even if they're still closed and like on your shelf and never never opened and never watched, it's fine, right? What 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 would you get? Uh, so I got scanners. The oh head, yeah, head exploding, yeah, David yes. David Cronenberg. Yes. Uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Um, which is a Altman Altman, uh, Altman movie, uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I which I very watched this weekend. Criterion, my, yeah. Well, all the Wes Anderson movies I think will end up being Criterions. I think the only one that isn't right now is Grand Budapest Hotel. I might be wrong. Um, and one other one I forget. Mm-hmm. I've already forgotten. It's already. It's probably already on a shelf somewhere, never, uh, never to be watched. The voice. Still in the, the voice of the visiting cousin. Yeah, uh, Eric Anderson. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the. Uh, he's like a regular in the Wes yes. Anderson movies. He's yes, in, yeah. he was in uh, Kate's, my wife's uh, cluster at Harbin in Georgetown. Oh, they, they were they were they were in the same group. Oh, nice. I said, thank God she ended up with me. Imagine if she ended up with him. Huh. Oh, I mean, it's not like he's you know. He gets a, he's, he's you know kinda, he does he makes he makes he's, he was, he makes cameos. Yeah, right. I, well, I looked at, I think I looked at his IMDb afterward. It's like it's all his, it's, it's all his brothers movies. All Wes Anderson movies. He's like a scoutmaster uh, in that yeah. other movie with uh, Bruce Willis. The you know the kid yeah, who escapes right, right. that one. Yeah. Uh, I I do. It is very funny watching that movie, which I hadn't seen since theaters. But it is like an amalgamation of my like childhood and teenage year interests. It's like or like late teens, early twenties interests with like Roald Dahl. Through the lens of Wes Anderson, it's like mm. very, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a weird, uh, potent form of nostalgia. Um, uh, so anyway, that was that was my weekend. Uh, you know, uh, the other thing is um, a terrific cast of voices. But my favorite in Fantastic Mr. Fox, of course, uh, is uh, Michael Gabon. Yes, that he plays as one of uh, the Bean, farmers, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Bogus Bunsen Bean. I forget yes, which one. Exactly. I, I can't remember. Fantastic voice. Yeah. You wrote a bad song, PD. Where yeah. he says it to him, very nice. Uh, I. I was just making up. Miss Granger. I <laughs> that too. Uh, I have been alone since Thursday. Kate. What, look at Jonathan's <gasps> eyes are like saucers. That sounds amazing. Uh, she and the kids went to uh, go up to Jersey. All of, all of the joy that JVL yeah, was I know. just expressing <laughs> flew out of his head. You could Im- and he was like, oh my God, 10 hours of alone time? You could, ima- you could imagine how sad I was because I didn't have that experience. That yeah, you had. I can imagine. <laughs> so- you had to just drink beer and play Civilization. <laughs> And then have have dinner with Andy Ferguson. That's true, actually. All of the above. Check, check, and check. Uh, the let's see here. They went up to Jersey for my niece Juliana's birthday, and then they went up to Connecticut for my father-in-law Bob Dwyer's birthday. And uh, they're still in Connecticut. And I think and you just Thursday. couldn't make it. I had to work, as you know, Sonny. Yeah, a lot of work. It's just a real, real hot, ha- hot house over there at the, <laughs> free, at beacon. the free beacon. We just, we don't you know? let anyone take time off. There's the no room. It's crazy. No vacations. Yes. No, we. Uh, you yes. work. You, you, it you is, earn it, your it, money. It, it is, and it is. You know. So I said I have to make some, have some semblance of like, oh, I've done something. So like, I took the trash out. Right, that was good. <laughs> I cleared out the pantry. Were you like, how does this work? Yes, how I, does I, this can? Does the <laughs> lid come with it? With the... I actually Did last you call night, Kate to ask her I, how to work. No, it? but you know we got a runny toilet, so I hope she comes back soon. <laughs> and and the and the laundry is piling up. But, you didn't try mowing the lawn, did you? Oh no, no. I, I, you know, I'm allergic to all that stuff. And uh, but uh, I was able to again clear out the pantry uh, shortly after Bismarck eliminated Kamehameha. 
and uh, Napoleon. So you know, like Kamehameha. Who's he? The Polynesians. Polynesians. <laughs> yeah, Polynesians. <laughs> is it? Can we say Hawaiian or does it have? They to be say Polynesians, Polynesians although the capital's Honolulu. Polynesian civilization. Yeah, Poly- yeah. That, that's yeah. it was. Lots of you know they go all over the place. I guess Bismarck. like Moana. Did, Interesting. You, you played as the Germans. I yeah, haven't played shocking. them in a while. I haven't played shocking. them in a while. It's been days. No, I was. About I can't to, wait till the Dunkirk version of this this game. You know, remember the special unit is the Panzer. And the Lands <laughs> Connect, but the Panzer. Then it's Wait, just, what's the other one? The other one? The Lands Connect, which is medieval. It's you know, yeah, right. It's, yeah. A it's pikeman? like a pikeman, but he's not any. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, it's not that we are. Um, it's not that we. Me, it's not that the Lands Connect are more better than the pikeman. Excuse me. In Sie bitte. It's it's that they you could produce them cheaper, and they like it take two turns to make. And they move advance as well. Uh, a little one, bit. One move. Again, they're not stronger, but they just no, you know. But you can movement. just cre- you can crank them out. You can right. crank them out. Okay. The other thing, I, they're they're efficient. Is what you're saying. They're very the production of the, is very Zara, efficient. Zara yeah. efficient. Uh, uh, the other thing is, I remember Kate saying, "Okay, so when we're gone, you know, you could finally go to all the places you want to eat that you'd ever go to because we think it's like gross and disgusting or whatever. I'm not going to go. So uh, I went to a Chinese restaurant alone and sat there. I was going to get a takeout menu. I'm like, oh, what the heck." I'm just sitting here, you know. It's better when you eat it there. It is actually, it is, and and it the half life of Chinese food. I know you, you got to get it as quick as it quick. comes out. And, but it was so good, and I felt, you know, I always I don't like eating alone at a table, but you know, like my whole I don't. What, what's the problem? with My that? table was filled up with stuff anyway, yeah, so good. it's like yeah. the, the the dishes kept me company. Did you order one of everything? <laughs> no, you know what I ask is they have a buffet. Uh, but it's only from Monday to Friday, so I'm going to have to check it out. And I was thinking, and it got me thinking about um, Chinese buffets. Uh, Sonny, you're a fan of Chinese buffets. I love when I was in college. Our f- Saturday morning or Sunday morning ritual, depending on which which you know night we we got especially drunk, uh, was to wander was to just literally stumble like through the woods. Uh, uh, on the back streets to the like, oh god, what was it called? The Ch- Panda Garden, I think. It's either Panda Garden or Something. China Garden. Or the one I Panda went to is called Hunan Gate. It's yeah, a gate or a garden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just just eat five thousand calories of oil and disgusting <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, That's but so I love I love Chinese buffets. Yeah. Are we gonna Are we gonna uh, JBL? Do you? Yeah. Do, do, what about do you? you like? You, you seem much Chinese more health conscious, though. I, I think have never in my life eaten from a Chinese buffet. I find the concept wow. of buffets disgusting. Even like fancy, uh, like Bellagio Vegas, buffet. With one okay. exception being the Mayflowers. I believe now departed That's breakfast gone. buffet. Defunct, yeah. yeah. The Mayflowers breakfast buffet was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. A town and country, right? It's now that? town and country. Or, what it, was, it was always town called and town and country. No, no, but town and country is not sun, there anymore. No, right, they, it's, it's like a it's Thomas Pink Edgar, now. Right, and the and the uh, but they did the buffet in the grand oh, did dining the, room. Yeah. And had, if you've gone there on a weekend, um, I think it's even more expensive, like ridiculously. But they had really good stuff. I know we the we, fruit we, was fantastic. Yes, it used to be uh, our Jonathan, thing. Jonathan, Jonathan I used there. to have breakfast. Why would we have? Oh, never mind. Oh, you you would go to breakfast together. In the morning, just my first thing we did, we woke my up. Wife, we woke wife up and had breakfast. There. Had breakfast there. The morning after the Elliot Spitzer client number nine rendezvous. And how, oh. did, she, and how did she know this? So we didn't know at the time. She came, she saw him there. She was at the table next to him, and she came home and she's like, "Hey, we <laughs> Elliot Spitzer was there," and we did not realize. And I guess it was until like a year and a half later when all the stuff came out mm-hmm. about Spitzer and client number nine that she then went back and then she was like. <gasps> This was the 
the assignation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. funny. Uh, so I, I, we do need to rank the oh, buffet Oh, well, Sonny, why items. don't you go first? So my What's number, on a buffet? Well, it's just everything. everything. It's just so all everything. the stuff on the menu. You, have you everything. ever been to a Chinese restaurant? Do you know like the food they serve no, I, at Chinese restaurants? Yes, but I've never been to a Chinese restaurant with a buffet. So what they do is they take all that food and they put it in into oh under heat lamps. Yeah, oh, well, that lamps. must make it better. And then you yeah. you can you can get a little bit of everything. See, this is the problem though. Like if you want one dish, if you if you are just no, if you are like it. if you're like I need some some kung pao chicken, mm-hmm. you go and you order the kung pao. But if you want a little bit of everything, you want to taste. A little and bit I do. Of this, a Who bit doesn't of that? want a little bit of everything? Everyone, everything. everyone wants a little bit of everything. If, if, everyone wants a little if, bit of everything. If you are my in-laws, the Dwyers, the buffet is not for you because they will have one dish. Oh, I'm done. I'm already. No, I'm no. sitting down. I'm already thinking about no. the next trip. Exactly. I. I. You have to strategize. You have yes. to like get um a, an appropriate amount of food on your plate, but you don't want to overload. No, the you plate. don't want to make a scene. You don't want people to think you're an animal. You don't want. You don't want to overload the plate, but you also want to try everything. So you want to get a, just a little just a bit. Little bit. Well, I, I'm just sorry. Little bit. Yeah. You think people think less of you for having fewer trips, but more on your plate? But they're already or think less of you for like other way around. They're already that in guy's the, ninth trip to the right. buffet. No, no, no. They're already what sort of called, animal is they're, they're already they're already in the buffet. <laughs> they already know what they've gotten they're themselves online. into. They're, they're in surrounded line. by animals. People have called me out on that JVL. When all, I was a kid, but hey, kid, how many ice creams are you gonna get? I heard, I heard that one. Yeah. Also at a, also at a Chinese <laughs> big buffet. stamp on the mic, please. Think, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Also at a Chinese buffet, uh, I remember a guy saying to me, "Well, they let you take a lunch." break too <laughs> true story true story it, it was his lunch break though that's, <laughs> that's uh, all right so uh, number five is the garbage sushi you know like the you know like the trash sushi that's like really loosely put the rolls that are like really loosely put together with the suit quote sushi yeah yeah yeah, yeah right. really couldn't exactly, care less exactly the guy in the back wearing yeah, you know the yeah, the, yeah, the guy yeah, in the yeah. back with the hairnet mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. like got dripping cigarette yeah, droppings yeah. into his yeah. into the, mm-hmm. the and it's like and it's kind of mealy and it's great uh, shrimp lo mein is my, is my favorite of the lo mains mm. because mm. first off, shrimp is shrimp. I mean, yes. shrimp is the king yeah, yeah, of the is. the trash it is. seafood, and uh, but it, it's especially yeah, it's totally good. really hard for it's shrimp a, to go wrong. It's, a, it's especially when good prepared poorly. It's especially good at the Chinese buffet because it's been under the heat lamp, so it's like getting like well, really. It's, it's kind of grainy. It's yes, yeah. and, it's cooked. It's cooked. Well, it allows oh, the salmonella so to congeal right. in the precisely the I've right never way. Never had any bad lamp. experience at a no, Chinese restaurant I've never, ever. I've actually this is actually ever. true. I have gotten sick from restaurants before, but never a Chinese mm-hmm. restaurant. It's a I don't. I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sesame chicken number three. Sesame mm-hmm. chicken is like mm-hmm. the sweetest nice. of the nice. of the like sauce chickens, and it's so. Oh, uh, you get the sesame seeds on it. It's so, and you and my my trick. The trick here is you got to get a little bit of white rice. You put the white rice next to it, and you get a little bit of the sesame sauce, and you drip it on the on the rice. rice. Oh, so you get a little yeah. bit of extra uh, sweet. Uh, uh. It's so good. Uh, I'm, about, I'm about to pass out. <laughs> number two, number two is the seafood delight. I don't know what they call it everywhere else, but like what you get, what you get is you get a big, basically like trash seafood, and they throw it in a in a, in a white bin, cream sauce in a white cream sauce with snow peas. Yes. and it's healthy. It's healthy. It's like it's there, vegetables. There, there, like the it's crab. a delight. A supposedly, it's a delight. There's something that looks like a crab claw, <laughs> like a crab, oh, but oh, it's not fake. crab. Oh, it's fake. like it's, it's like crab. the fake the, the sticks of crab, crab meat. Stick, but crab of stick. course, of course, I, I grab all of those. I mean, and this is like you, the trick to really getting the most out of your buffet is being totally shameless and just grabbing the best parts out of every mm-hmm. out of every uh, bin. And then number one, the number one mm-hmm. is the crab rangoon. 
Oh. <laughs> which is basically just fried cream. It's like it's like a there's wonton. No, there's almost nothing Chinese about that. No, it's it's the it's the most American thing you can get. It's basically a wonton, and they they fold it up with like a lump cream, of cream cheese, cream and, cheese and like inside. like little sprinkles of crab in the middle of it, and they fry it. And each one, I assume, is about five thousand calories. I wouldn't even I know about like, the sprinkles of crab. I, I don't think there's any crab. I eat like either. I could eat like ten of those, mm-hmm. and just there's that like would be my that's it. my first plate. Okay, that's your first plate. Yeah. Is no, just ten. Get to the crab rangoon. Rangoons. Get to the crab rangoon first. Okay. Uh, so for me, and I have many fond memories of Chinese buffets. Um, I went to one with uh, my friend Todd Paladino. I think we were there for hours. Um, and also some places, by the way, some Chinese buffets, you know, they'll even throw in free ice cream at the end. Mm. You know, you got a little free ice cream. I remember we would go with my family, and then at the end of a ridiculous buffet, and we've gone many trips, then the, wait- uh, the waitress comes over and then says to my mother, would you like ice cream? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm- she, she says, what, Vic? Would you like ice cream? <laughs> And, she, and my mother goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm Jesus. And, and, very problematic. I can say it because I'm a quarter. And she says, would you like ice cream? And my mother goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm full. And then the waitress goes, oh, it's it's part of the buffet. And my mother goes, oh, okay. In that case, I'll have pistachio. Okay. Uh, anyway. Wait, they didn't they didn't have like the soft serve machines where you oh, go yeah. up and you just get like the, you just like those pour places, a giant I've been to bowl those. of. Okay. I've been to those and uh, I won't, well, anyway, I won't get into that. But any in any event. <laughs> just, uh, what are you going to get into? <laughs> oh, nothing. I'll explain later. Uh, uh, the Chinese, okay, my Chinese buffet ranked, okay? Number 10. 10. 10, ten items. 10 items, okay. We're going to be, this is going to be an hour and a half long. Number 10, uh, egg drop soup. You, know, you want to start mm. slow. Don't rush. Underrated. It's underrated soup. If you like egg. If you like egg and it's viscous. Um, number nine is the hot and sour soup, okay? I, I, I've, Two soups? <laughs> Two soups? <laughs> Maybe. I... I, look, My God, you savage! Let, let, yeah, thank you. For the record, let it not be said that I don't like, like that I don't like to, uh, tofu because there's tofu in the hot and sour soup, and I think it's good um, and, and spicy. Okay, eight the big fat crispy egg roll. Okay, I hate the small ones. All right, if the you spring the spring rolls, spring rolls. Okay, and I want it deep fried so that you get the tiny bu- bubbles, not the big bubbles. Tiny bubbles. That's how you know it's good. And the inside is not just cabbage, but it's cabbage and roast pork inside. Or maybe yeah, if you're lucky, shrimp. you might get some, some shrimp. shrimp. Oh, well, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, with a little duck sauce. Heaven, heaven. Okay, um, crispy wontons. I don't want to go with a crab rangoon. I don't want people to think that I'm a maniac here. I'm gonna get the fried wontons instead. That's a little bit more civil. Okay. I think yeah, it's more sure, civilized. Sure. And then uh, uh, number six, doughy pan-fried dumplings. You ever get the pan-fried dumplings? Yeah. I, well, do you get the ones with like the sugar on them? No. No. What? Uh, they have the one. They have like a oh. dessert dumpling. Oh that's, yeah, like, with the sugar. yeah. I get yeah, those yeah. sometimes, oh, but no, I, like, I don't. I don't like mm-hmm. just the. Yeah. I have had the pan-fried dumpling, and Kate will like she'll share, and then she starts analyzing the meat. I'm like, don't analyze the meat. Don't look at it. It's pink. It's delicious. It's, it's perfectly good dog. <laughs> don't worry. Wow. I, don't worry. That's it's racist. Probably a, that's that's racist. racist. Breed that's breed racist. Dog. <laughs> Did you, oh, I'm sorry. Here, cat. It's probably a breed of cat that tastes not terrible and is overpopulated You'll anyway. You'll be shocked that when Kate grew up uh, in Essex, Connecticut, she had no experience with Chinese food whatsoever in their family. We went to a Chinese restaurant when we were dating, and I remember she looked at the menu and she looked lost. Like, she didn't know where to begin. I'm like, it's so easy. One from this column, one from the other column, and the whole thing. I said, I, we used to go to Chinese restaurants. My family, we would drive to New York City. You take the Holland Tunnel, and then you would park on, like, Canal Street, and we'd go to a like a basement restaurant on Mott Street. 
and the and you would like there was a curtain that separated the dining the quote dining room from the kitchen and you would hear a guy i literally heard the chef in the back with a hacking cough like you know he had this noise don't question maybe i heard a meow i don't know but just don't question they eat whatever they give you and it's fantastic i've had snails in places like this and it was really quite i'm alive Hey, I'm no, still here. I, hey, okay, look. where was I? Okay, number five, Sunny, we intersect here. Crispy sesame chicken. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it yeah. over the General Sows. Yeah, oh, definitely. Much better than the General Sows. General Sows is uh, great. And that's not good for you. They say it's not healthy. Yeah, no. The, the sesame chicken is mm. so, much, so much healthier, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, number four, uh, we, you mentioned something like this, a happy family or four seasons, you know, where you have, it's like beef and pork and shrimp or beef, pork, and chicken, you know, and you throw it over the brown sauce. That's a good thing, okay? okay? Number three, egg foo young. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, no. That's, you, that's a lot. What, what is that? That's, that's like a Chinese omelet, uh, JVL. That's, you know, you could have pork and uh, bean sprouts and onion, and then they cook it up in egg. Did you get this at the I China did. Garden? Do you remember at Hunan yeah, Garden? Or China oh, Garden? It was China Garden. China Garden. Yeah, Wait, yeah, why, why is that not for the faint of heart? It, it looks just like, sounds it like looks a diner like, It food. looks like trash. I mean, it looks like it looks like literal <laughs> a, trash. I had it with oh, the brown he, gravy, he, Sonny. Do you remember? I he, had the brown he, gravy. No, he ordered it. He ordered it, and like so, we went to we went to the Chinese restaurant in our office building, and it it is the the worst place I've ever been for food. And he ordered the egg foo young, and it looked like a plate of puke. I was. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. It tasted slightly better. It tasted slightly, slightly better. It, tasted slightly. Better. It, it came up later on, but you know, I think that's what the Tums <laughs> is for. That's what the Tums is for. Okay, uh, number two, roast pork lo mein. I love I love the roast pork with the red. That's, yeah, on, with the, know, red. the red. Yeah. How do you do that? I'm sorry, I don't know I don't what know. that can, is. Can we so go back to the vomit plate for just yeah, one yeah, moment? It was delicious. The brown gravy. How does egg foo young rank? Third for you. It's, it's so good. That's really high up. It is. It, I, it's a guilty pleasure. I, it I've may never kill actually, me. I've never it actually may, seen they that on a buffet. Yeah, I've never actually seen that on a buffet. You might see it. Well, I bet up. it tastes. See, Sunny, I bet it tastes better after it's been sitting on the yeah, heat probably. lamps for That's a little a while because it needs to cool. gel, <laughs> marinates a little bit. Yeah, you know, half our listeners like this is disgusting. The other half are rushing out to yes. a Chinese buffet right now. There's a forty percent uh-huh. chance you and I are going yeah, to a Chinese <laughs> buffet <laughs> after this. Forty-five now. Okay, number two is the roast pork lo mein. I just think it's great. I love that roast pork. And number one is cream of some young guy. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. That was no, don't you don't have to bleep that. Number one is house pan fried noodle. And that's hard to get on a buffet, yeah, but if you can get I, crispy noodles, you, you, now you're just talking about fancy dishes. things. I know. Now you're like, Peking oh, duck. you know, you know what I love about the Chinese buffet are the Alaskan crab legs, the Alaskan king crab. You know, the legs you get them, and it's like okay, that's right. on everyone. I'm ready to move on. Ready okay, to okay, guys. So you, yes, that segment was gold. <laughs> Twenty six minutes really, in, but um, guys, boys. Nicely done. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you, JVL. Thank you. I'm sweating over here. Okay. Um, Two questions before shoot. we move on. Yeah, yeah, please. One, Victorino, have you ever been thrown out of a Chinese restaurant for abusing for the buffet? Uh, I got, I've gotten some bad looks, but no. No. Two, this is a serious question. My sense is that Thai food has displaced Chinese food in the American food landscape. Is this true, A, and B, if true, why? Uh, I think that this is true in cities, I think this is untrue in suburbs regular and America. strip malls and regular. Mm-hmm. I, because I do think that there out is by a, me in the exurbs. Do you think? Do you think true. it's more Thai? Hundred percent true. Now maybe I'm not far enough out. That's right. I mean, but you're I, still close. To, it's it's coming out. It's coming. I mean, I do. You. I do think Thai has become a more acceptable thing. I think as like more people have understood that chicken pad Thai is basically just sweet chicken and noodles. Mm-hmm. That they mm-hmm. that it's become a more acceptable thing. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that. Chinese has lost some of its appeal in the cities oh, yeah. because like you know, so like as as a like 
kind of a second wave gentrifier myself. I remember when I moved into some of these neighborhoods, the only restaurants there were were takeout Chinese places. That's right. And the second wave of restaurants that came were Thai restaurants, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, and I do think that the there is like an idea in these in some of the people who live who live in these areas mind that like Thai is superior to Chinese as a like cuisine. It's I think that's nonsense. But you know, the no. price points are the same. The, uh, well, a little I mean, bit more, more expensive. Thai's more expensive. Thai's a little more expensive. Yeah. More expensive. Okay. yeah. Um, I think certainly a lot of it has to do with the, the health consciousness. You know, in terms of MSG and things like that, and Thai is a very Thai and Vietnamese are much lighter fare, obviously Japanese too, than Chinese American Chinese, yep. which is just heavy okay. and greasy. And the Thai places are like sit down places, as yeah. opposed to the There's Chinese a... takeout joints, which are right. like right takeout mm-hmm. joints. I, I go to a, I... our Thai places do both. Oh no, but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. in again Some once again I'm are... thinking in the cities, which yeah. are like okay in in yeah. like understood. Yeah. And, uh, and there's also that the belief that obviously you know um, that that these uh, other places are perhaps cleaner. For example, my uh, the, the Thai restaurant that I go to, Thai Noi in Arlington, which is fantastic. Um, uh, the owner, uh, you know, we've become friends over the many years that we've lived there. And he sometimes he goes, Ah, come here into the kitchen and go into the kitchen. He goes, for example, he goes look at the floor; it's spotless here, very clean. Because those Chinese restaurants, they're all dirty. They're all dirty. He says. So they have that attitude. Um, and uh, but again, that's but that's you know them. So. Uh, my my childhood memory of the Chinese restaurant that we went to all the time, the thing that I found disgusting about it mm-hmm. was that in the men's room. <laughs> I would never go to a men's room t- in a Chinese towel restaurant. To dry your hands, <laughs> it was the cloth towels. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Which I, again, even as a five-year-old boy, I looked at that and I thought, gross. No. That's just, no. that can't be real. That No, I remember the first time I saw one of those, uh, like, kind of the vomiting idea in my mouth is a little this? bit. Yeah. Like, this couldn't possibly, yeah. the only thing that is more unsanitary uh, in a bathroom <laughs> is the urinal trough. <laughs> you know, like, the, yes. you know, just like yeah. the, the yeah. In, yeah. it was the worst I've ever seen was at RFK, which was like a, like an oval-shaped Two-sided one. trough. Yeah, it was like two-sided. two-sided you, trough. Just, you just had a bunch of animals standing in it, peeing into a- At a, that point, a, a, just let people go in the hall, on the, on the concourse. <laughs> you might as well just, <laughs> just let them walk up to the wall on the concourse and relieve yourself Throw there. their feces you know, onto no, the field. The, w- the worst thing ever is if you go to those places that you're wearing sandals or something, oh. you know, because I remember I was there at uh, Wrigley. Wrigley has a trough. And I was standing next to my uh, old friend Jose Gill. I said, "Jose, I better not feel splashing. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling splashing. You know." And it's just God. It's so from from the Chinese buffet to the <laughs> urinal trough and two easy steps. <laughs> good, good show, guys. Okay, good show. good show. That was really good. Okay, I had a transition, but I think I'm going to skip and get just get just jump, jump to the point. Okay. Can we talk about uh, box office over the weekend, right? And we're going to talk about Valerian, right? We want yeah. to talk about is that. What we're, is that's that fine. what the episode? See, there was, there was that's no. what. That's what's going. The title of the episode is going to be Valerian <laughs> and Luke Bason, and then we're we're you're getting to it now. Thirty one. Good. Thirty. Thirty minutes. Yes. My goodness. Thirty three minutes. So no uh, transition here. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets did its second week six point eight million for a total of Ooh. is that thirty point six? Is that good? <laughs> Yeah. It's good if you're comparing well, it to it's almost good. famous. It's I good. Guess. It's I pretty know. good, especially for a movie that cost 175 million dollars to make. That's exactly right. million dollars. Yeah, to yeah, make, yeah, so yeah. That's the budget, and it's up to 30.6 million. Um, Dun- yeah, China will save it. Dunkirk was on uh, top still. Well, um, they'll sell a lot of Valerian lunchboxes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Action, figures. No? Action figures. Action figures. Oh. So uh, Dunkirk was on top at 28, followed by the Emoji Movie. Uh, Girls Trip and Atomic Blonde, which we'll discuss uh, in the next episode. I think next week, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah talk definitely. About so, uh, 
what's going on here? You both saw Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. I did not. Okay. Uh, JVL, do you want me to... Do, do the big boy review? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. please. Uh, so I... there. I liked Valerian and uh, the City of a Thousand Planets more than I didn't like it. So that's about the most ringing endorsement of this movie that you will find. Uh, there, it, the first three scenes kind of set the stage for the whole film. The first scene is uh, it is a uh, image of Earth becoming an extraterrestrial society. So basically, you have like set to the set to the pleasant dulcet tones of space oddity you have uh, uh, human civilizations coming together and forming a big uh, space station they they enter the they enter each each like new pod joins to the to the to the to the pods that are already there and they come on board and they shake hands and then you get, you get the Chinese and the Russians and the, the Indians and everybody's coming together and shaking hands and joining forces and the the station grows and grows and then the first extraterrestrial ship comes by and the aliens come on board and they shake hands and this this process repeats itself and it's actually a very it's a very well done um, sequence, I think, one that kind of like sets up the the basic function of this society, which is as this kind of Star Trek-esque federation of aliens and humans living together in peace and prosperity and trading information and whatever. You know, every, nobody wants to go to war. Everyone is whatever. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously willful and naive and all that, but it's nice. Uh, and then the first line of dialogue, basically the first real line of dialogue, the first like ex exposition, uh, is Rutger Hauer coming on screen and saying, this space station is too heavy. We're going off into the deep reaches of the space. And it, it kind of goes off on its own. So then the, the second scene, the second sequence is basically a short film. It's a short film that is kind of an avatar knockoff. You have these aliens who are like big and kind of gangly and they, they have their own, uh, uh, you know, um, culture and society. And it's essentially a short film that is also a silent film. It's very well done. It like you can, you can follow the action without quite understanding exactly what's happening. You see these aliens living in peace with their, their society and you know, they, you, they are in harmony with nature. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're all getting along together and they're, they're replenishing what they take from the sea, etc. cetera. Uh, so uh, this is all very well done again. And this all comes to a crashing end when ships come, you know, smashing into the planet, like wreckage of ships come smashing into the planet and it destroys everything. There's a very touching moment where the, the like daughter of the queen of this society is trapped outside of the ship where these people have kind of, um, uh, uh cordoned themselves off. And, uh, again, this is actually a very solid piece of filmmaking. It is just a it is a show don't tell masterpiece. It is you know here is here is how everything works. They could have gotten rid of all the subtitles, mm -hmm. and it would have worked just as well. And then the third sequence starts, and this is the main part of the film. This is where we first meet Valerian and his uh, his his uh, female compatriot Lorelai Loreline uh, Loreline Loreline whatever it is, uh, and. It is just uh, this is this is kind of where everything goes off the rails for me, because what you have is uh, uh, the main character Valerian, who's played by Dane DeHaan, who is best known probably from Chronicle and some some other stuff, um, A Cure for Wellness. Uh, he he basically just says 
point blank exactly what his characteristics are. So he he will he said there are lines of dialogue that are like I'm just a f- straight shooting warrior who who was looking to settle down and fall in love and it it is actually it is like it is almost like out of a textbook of how you should not write dialogue how you should not script how you should not characterize your characters so you you have these kind of three um or you have these kind of two ideas in in very real tension with each other where Luke Besson has this like great imagination and he has this great idea for character design and you see a lot of that in the first section where the alien races are coming to the the Valerian space station before it goes off and you see this in like uh the 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 opening action sequence uh, with Valerian, which is set in this kind of multi-dimensional marketplace, like a Middle Eastern market that is that that is set over multiple dimensions, and you can only really see it if you were if you're wearing the right helmets. Um, all that is really great, but there's all this explaining and talking and just telling people what we're literally seeing on the screen. Like it, it, the thing that is most frustrating about this film is how unnecessary all of this dialogue is. So this is why I say there's more to like here than there is not to like, but there's a lot not to like. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and it is. I will say one thing. I will say for it, and we will come back to this in a bit. Is that I do think it is one of the few movies I've ever seen in 3D that benefited from the 3D effect, and. Uh, utilized it in a way that was artistic rather than a pure crash, cash grab. JVL, you have thoughts. You know what? I'm so glad you said that, Sonny, because I felt that way about the 3D. I wound up in a 3D presentation basically by accident, uh, and I felt guilty for thinking that I had the 3D adding to the film experience, and so I was just going to tamp that down and not say it because I didn't want you to no, be angry at me. No, no, no. I think it's I think it is actually a well done, well structured piece of 3D filmmaking that that is that it it was clearly envisioned by Besson, Luc Besson, uh, as he was as he was kind of making the film in his head. I wish the rest of the film had had as much attention paid to it as the 3D sequences did. So it's a mess as you say, and it's a mess for a bunch of different reasons. For me, I, and I don't know why this is. I have been trying to puzzle this out. For me, the movie just has an enormous amount of goodwill built into it with the audience, at least the audience being me, that all the stuff that was a mess didn't especially bother me. And I didn't, I didn't love it. I'm not, I'm not saying I loved it. I don't even know that I liked it. But I was certainly entertained by it and sort of pulling for the movie to be okay <laughs> as, as it unfurled for all the things that were wrong with it. Uh, it is certainly lesser Besson. I mean, part of it may be just that you can tell that he gives a crap as a director. I mean, this yeah. is not a guy who ever has existed in with the mindset that you do one for them and one for me. I mean, he pours his little French soul into every project he does. Uh, this is clearly a passion project. <laughs> well, and he and he <laughs> yeah. said this a bunch of times. Dedicated this is like, to his father, right. uh, and it it is you know in that way that's charming. It's a big sci-fi movie that's about Europe and colonialism and like the most noblest savages you've ever seen, uh, who are also brilliant savages who, in the space of thirty years, go from knowing nothing about technology to mastering and surpassing everything that every other species has ever done. So there. I don't. I don't want to get into giant spoilers, but one of the things that is most jarring about this film is the fact that it, it is just a literal Holocaust allegory. <laughs> that it is 
No, I mean, I was going to well, I was going to ask I mean, another question too about that. But. Well, the the I mean, like there are very specific references, like six million dead. Yes, we oh. are survivors. We are witnesses. And it was just like, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. I like the the society that they construct for themselves in the heart of Valerian. The people who tried to destroy people him, people apart, a ghetto, clearly, if you clearly will, Israel. The technologically, I mean, it was like it was. Uh, I it, it, there, there Luke is. Luke is a Zionist. Look, look there's. It a, turns there, out there's. Yeah, no, I mean, there's. There is a tablet piece to be written about this. <laughs> Lee Smith maybe should write it. I don't know, but like I, I, I'm like I, I was actually kind of taken aback by it. Yeah, I and again, this is wow. uh, all. All of this is part, part and parcel of the. I, I don't know what really to say about it except that yes, it's a mess. No, it's not a very good movie. Uh, and yet, I was kind of in a in a minor way charmed by it. Does that does that make sense? I respect it a lot. I respect I respect yeah. what he's doing. I respect, I, but it is it is. There were things that are so bad about it that it just oh, yeah. it made me it made me angry while I was watching it because I was like, you can do better than this. Mm. You don't you don't have to hold our hands quite mm. this hard, you know. So the notes I have here, Dane Dehan, 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 Dehan. So I'm going to say this, and once I say it, you'll never be able to unsay it. He l- looks like a teenage Benicio del Toro. Yeah, <laughs> but he has the voice of Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, yeah. And I found his youthfulness distracting. Well, so this I mean, is, he looks like a twelve-year-old. So the, throughout the, this movie, one of one of the big problems with this movie is the casting. And I really like Cara Delevingne. Cara, Cara, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. Cara D. Uh, I really like Cara D. She has very prominent eyebrows that I find interesting in a, she is in a weird not a good way. Actress. I think she no, has see, moments I, of. I think this is wrong. Fine, I think this are, is, she's I think, ill-served in this movie. I think this is. I think this is her Mia Jovovich in Fifth Element movie. I know. I I know that this is the comparison people are going to make, and it is Mia Jovovich owns Fifth Element and is fantastic and winning and winsome throughout it and does really interesting things with language. Well, and Cara Delevingne just has moments where she just registers as a blank. Yeah. There's no, not I, always life in her performance. Yeah. And I, there are moments when she's good, but but it is not consistent. She does not hold the screen. Uh, it, I disagree with that. Anyway, yeah, but like... Whatever. I, but the problem with Dane DeHaan is that he is supposed to be playing a Harrison Ford, Han Solo type character. He's supposed to be playing like a charming rogue. How about Chris and, Pine in that role? And he looks... I don't know if Chris Pine would, would be Chris right. Pine role. Chris Pine, I mean, look, Chris Pine would make most roles 20% better at least. But I mean, but somebody in that vein at least. Like he, the problem with Dane DeHaan is that he is, like he he works very well in a movie like A Cure for Wellness where he is supposed to be playing a sickly looking individual because he looks sickly. Like he just, he, he has these kind of sallow eyes and this like gaunt drawn feature just and all, but, and, he, and he looks young God, and he, so he looks young. he looks He's young and face. sick yeah. he looks young and sick and it like does not work for this type of movie uh, that is that is another of the big problems with it I don't know and the last thing I'll say is Rihanna terrible oh she's so bad at acting so also that that character is hugely problematic uh, the dead so this is so here's the problem she's dead voiced and yes. Rihanna's performance underscores the thing that I think I was trying to make yep. when we were talking yep. about Andy Circus, which mm-hmm. is that at least 70% of what an actor does they do with their voice mm-hmm. and Rihanna who has no understanding of how to act although at she's all, a great voice no no, no but not, not in this, this. No. Not in this. She no. can, her line reads are so bad uh. that I'm amazed and think about this that must have been the best takes they could get out of her I am I am 
I mean, I, I'm shocked they kept her in the movie. Frankly, I, I, I am frankly, I, I guess there, there was probably something in her contract, and they probably didn't want the PR headache of dubbing over her voice. Yeah, but it sh- somebody should have dubbed it over. Who it was you, is there somebody else you would have preferred in that role? Anybody who is a competent actor, mm-hmm. literally any voice actor. So literally, literally any voice actress. Literally any voice actress would have been a smarter choice. Oh boy! Ah, you know what else is a smarter choice? Dollar Shave Club. You'll get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave, or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you don't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade glides ever so gently. It gives me such a smooth shave. I actually used it this morning. Plus, their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs, and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to the Substandard Podcast can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only 5 bucks with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month uh, box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Shave Butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel anytime you like, but why would you? You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Did you fellas have a further thought? Thoughts on Luc Besson, or do you want to talk about the uh, IMAX 3D situation? I wouldn't mind talking about Luc Besson. Besson? Briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go ahead for it. I mean, so JFL, go. people in America don't fully appreciate what a big deal he is. Yeah. Uh, he is French cinema over the last generation. He opened uh, L'Ecole de la Cité, a companion film school that rivals the national French government film school that was started by Louis, uh, Louis Lumière. Uh, he built the Cité du Cinéma, which is France's largest production facility. Uh, I mean, he is, with his writing credits, his feature film directing and his producing, you could think of him essentially as a larger version of Steven Spielberg in France. So what Spielberg has been to American yeah. cinema over the yeah. last 40 years, that's basically <coughs> what Bassan has been. Over the last... 30 years. Yeah. 20, 25 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he's, and he's incredibly French. He's been married four times. The first time he left his wife for an actress who was 15. <clears throat> How very French of him. They had a child when she was 16. Then they married. I'm just presenting the information, yes. Vic. These uh, are just things that happened. You I'm, just, I'm just, the I'm just readers, giving you listeners facts. Listeners decide. Okay. Uh, he then divorced her. She when, got too old. When during the fifth element, he started carrying on with Mia Jovovich. <laughs> they were married. They eventually divorced, and he's with the lady who he is with now. Uh, they've had three kids together. He's just mm. he, he is just a French archetype and somebody who, again, as I said, everything he does is better than it has to be. It is interesting. He is a true auteur in, yeah. in, in a way. Uh, so you take a film like Lucy, which is a utterly disposable action movie uh, and directed by anybody else you know if Simon West handles that it's no please Vic clink your ice I want people like hearing that Sonny's shaking his head but I believe listener to Plan Zero enjoys it you see you see what we deal with people 
DC, uh, like, Please continue on Luc Besson. Anyway, so so a film like Lucy becomes if it's directed by Simon West or any number, like ninety five percent of the actors who are directors who work in film is totally forgettable but Luc Besson does it and it's a really charming interesting energetic lively movie with some ideas in it with some ideas in it but also like clever and he's clearly having fun with like the little mm-hmm. intercut shots of like yes. a mouse walking into a trap and like these this and is he like cares and he this, is never mailing yeah. it in right and this is like this is the visual version of over explaining but it was also like clever in a in a way that is that is very much missing and he's from Valerian it with the audience, yeah. right? He's yeah. playing with the audience. I mean, at some point we could rank the Luc Besson movies if you want. Should we do that? Do you do? Let's do that. I mean, do you, you want to talk that. about other movies first, other Luc Besson things, or do you just want to go right well, to the, I, what to I, the I, ranking? Well, I have actually I have two rankings. I have Luc Besson. Oh. I have Luc Besson directed and Luc Besson other produced oh. <laughs> slash written. Besson, Besson, yeah, Besson, 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 Luc Besson. So you, I only did directing. Uh, okay. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You go. You do. You go first. Number three. Now, now let's go start with number one. Number one is the Fifth Element, uh, which is the most French science fiction movie ever. Uh, it has action and music, and it views government bureaucracy as a farce, and it's chauvinistic about French culture and Jean Paul Gaultier. Kind of uncomfortable about the Algerian immigration situation, <laughs> and ultimately believes that love can conquer evil. Yeah. Plus a terrific villain. Plus a terrific villain, Great villain. in and, Gary Oldman. And the costumes by Jean-Paul Gaultier. Luke Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> which is like the like defining element of that right. movie. Yes. Right. Uh, number two, La Femme Nikita, which is a much more influential movie than people give it credit for being. Um, it is Buffy before Buffy. It is the prototype for the modern female action movie. Uh, it comes before Terminator 2, before Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It establishes the template for what is now a de rigueur genre of sort of a genre all its own which is the female action hero uh and number three is a movie called leon and uh, Vic, i was just wondering if you could tell leon. us what you mean you the professional leon that's leon. That, that's that's my number one movie. so what, can you tell us what, what are your so just well, it's just what, a hit man protecting a girl it's sort of the uh reverse of the movie glory if you ever seen gloria with gina rollins and she has to protect the boy after the family's murdered it's the reverse so she's the girl and and they and have you like the, the director's cut relating. right yeah. from frame not the american theatrical cut but the one from europe smdh jvl smdh well it's well, just a fuller explanation say, it's a fuller and, view of SMR, his vision right. <laughs> and i just moving right along uh it was what, such a touching charade diff- scene. Remember they did charades? What's the difference um, between the American theatrical and the French remember. theatrical? I don't remember. Oh my but God. I'll tell you what. The FBI also, bots are just crawling yes, all over this also, episode. Also, uh, Gary Oldman. Who, also Gary doesn't Oldman. he remind us of somebody that mm, we know? Hard to say. Mm. Victor, uh, Sonny, so what are your... Well, top three directed. Number three, Joan of Arc. Underrated uh, historical epic. It's very, it is, again, very French. It's very Luc Besani, and it has, like... Mia Jovich is probably a little bit out of her element as Joan of Arc, but it, it, like I, I just love it. I love the way that her her it, it is kind of shot in that um, uh, that the the kind of close up, but from underneath a lot of her her action scenes to give it that kind of like weird fishbowl look. I love it. I just love how that movie looks. You, you know who's in his element in that movie? Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Yes. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman as the devil. Yes. Yeah. Um, Number two, The Fifth Element, which I which I love, and I agree with everything you said. Fantastic, and that Great movie, movie ages like crazy too. It, it's perfect. I mean, it is it is perfect in weird ways that are I will assume will become horribly problematic in the next like four to five years. His uh, his his 
fifteen year old bride <laughs> is in the movie, and she plays the diva. She's no, she's no longer fifteen. She's now oh, an adult. Really? Oh, really? Oh, that's her. That is that oh, is his the wife. One who at sings, the time, the, the one alien who sings, who sings and gets shot. and gets shot and killed, oh. is his wife. That must have been interesting directing a scene with both his wife and his future wife. He had her keep all the Very makeup French. on. Very he, French. He had her keep all the makeup on. Very French. Wild. Go ahead. And number one is The Professional. That is that is obviously his best film. I like. What do you like about that movie, Sonny? Well, I like that it uh, has Gary Oldman giving the most Gary Oldman performance. Yes. But also just yes. like the... the, so the uh, I love the structure of the shootout in the apartment building at the end of the film. I mean, it just is like perfectly... You, you could have done that whole sequence without a single line of dialogue and filed, followed it exactly as it was meant to be. Perfect. Um, and I uh, also have a list of Luke Besson as kind of either the writer or producer or like uh, genius behind the movies. Uh, number three is Columbiana, which I actually like more than La Femme Nikita, I think. I think but it is the same basic movie. It's the... It's the the single woman trying to battle her way through all of her enemies and et cetera et cetera the transporter the transporter oh, written by Luke Besson ah. this is like this is on this the is, other this category is, right this is category. so this is this is where Jason Statham comes into his own as like a legit action star and like has spawned a whole se- series of you know nonsense uh, and Taken yes, Taken obviously. I mean Taken right. is yeah. like the the apotheosis of Luke Besson as right which he wrote and produced and. Uh, it was directed by Olivier Megaton, which is my one of my my all t- Olivia Megaton, the the frequent contributor collaborator with uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Besson. Megatron, uh, Megaton, Megaton. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Taken is like mm-hmm. the the like, uh, and and Taken is one of the great pure action films of the two thousands. It's like uh, one of these movies that just makes pure sense it's, and it, like it is stripped out. it's John Wick before John Wick was a thing you it's know? also a wake up call for fathers never send your daughters no. to Paris never send your daughter never let your daughters out of your sight ever Vic you I, can, can you condense yeah, sure. this into like a minute okay, like okay. you you did not want to I did see not. Valerian did and not. you very specifically mm-hmm. didn't you begged right. us not to see it yeah, I yeah, yeah I'm sorry because you don't have kids or any obligations you could have done this because no, but, you're but alone in the house, house. Be wasting could, my time I'd rather play he, uh, two hours of he could have done it and he didn't yeah. want to and I'm curious right. to know okay. why you right, were so okay okay here we go it did not look interesting I wrote this down it did not look interesting to me if I I watch the trailer and every time you hear something like in a world never before seen or whatever. I've seen this word before. It looks like Avatar. Okay, I'm going to take a pass. Um, I feel like the movie has been, been... I'm tired of the CGI effects. Uh, I, that's why, I think that's why I, I like Dunkirk so much. You know, I'm just tired. And I know that you know, like Thor Ragnarok is going to be the same way. What am I watching? I'm like watching a cartoon, okay? And I love the fulfillment, but I don't feel like seeing Fifth Element Part 2. And then with a cast I've never heard of except for Clive Owen and City of a Thousand Planets. What does that mean? It just... I, I, I didn't find it compelling on any level. I want to I focus in... I like in, that. That was no, what? No, that was good. 30 was good. seconds. That was good. Yeah. I want to focus in on the title because this is very oh, interesting to me. Yes. Valerian, when, when you hear Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, what do you think? I think I, it makes no sense i don't know what you're talking about what is going on here dear hollywood title your movies better <laughs> that's not wrong no, the city of I mean, a thousand uh, planets no. is a terrible terrible title. Title. terrible t- well, valerian valerian colon Valer- city of a i mean like because oh, you, no 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 sorry because if you don't valerian and the because yeah. if you don't know what valerian is you just assume it's the city of a thousand planets valerian is no, the, no, no. but no but a valerian is apparently the character the whole movie was that's right the, the marketing on this movie 
is really and I know your friend Richard Rushfeld is a big fan of this movie and of Mr. Besson. Uh, Did a fantastic profile. Wrote of the song a very for very Fair, nice, which I'm gonna wrote a put in show very notes nice if profile this week of him. Uh, and I, if he can pass any one thing on to his Hollywood people, it should be this bit of the conversation. Title your movies better. Um, shall we hold our discussion of IMAX bailing on 3D for another episode? Um, Why? Uh, we're only 59 we, minutes we're, into we're this 50, thing. 50, 55 <laughs> minutes? Yeah, 50, it's up to you guys. Do you want to save it for another time uh, or we can do it right now? It's your, your choice. Do you want to do it in outtakes? It's too big for outtakes. Too big for outtakes. Let's just move to corrections okay, and right. stuff and we'll do it. How about next week? Next week. Sounds we can do it next good. week. Sounds IMAX will... S- 3D will still be terrible next week. Yes, that's okay. right. There's the okay. last three good 3D movie I saw was Captain EO. Thank you. <laughs> Save that for later. Uh, corrections editions. Sunny JVL. Uh, I have none. So I have two, one edition, one correction. Uh, the edition is from uh, my buddy Aaron Frank, who is a friend of the show, who emails in saying that for you, Vic... Because you need gusseted crotch <laughs> stuff, but you're not allowed to wear jeans to the office. No. So there's a company called Duluth Trading, which makes a khaki pant mm-hmm. for men mm-hmm. with a gusseted crotch. Mm-hmm. It is called, I kid you not, the model of the, the pant, mm-hmm. ballroom. Looks pretty good. You should definitely wear those under the office. Yeah, that or sweatpants. <laughs> Anything with a garter. No, they're khaki. Anything with a they're garter, khakis. I prefer. So the other thing is, it's about Tesla. So I made a mistake. <laughs> and we got a one-star review from, that from this listener. Who no, hopes, we didn't. Did who we I really? hope drives into a tree while she's listening to the podcast. We got a one, whoa. Uh, so I said... I made a mistake in talking about the government rebates that you get for Tesla. Yes, 7000 I said it was $7,000 that the federal government gives you. It's $7,500. Oh, and that gets the one star? And wow. I said that uh, California, I think, gave $12,000 in rebate, and this was wrong. I was conflating a bunch of numbers. California, the state goes various by states. California gives you $2,500 additionally. Colorado gives you $5,000. Louisiana gives you up to $9,500. And if you live in Canada and you live in Ontario, (laughs) you can get up to $14,000 back from the Canadian government. Who could say? (laughs) Eh. Eh. Canadian dollars. For purchasing yeah. a $107,000 automobile. Well, what about the Model 3? It's under 40000 now. Yeah, so well. The future's here. Yeah, and you, know, and you know what? And you will be able to buy one of those Model 3s uh, in 2025, despite the fact that they were promising this car on the road like eight years ago. That's, you know, it's fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great. So I, I, I overstated the California rebate, but I understated all the other rebates. And so suck it. Whoever your name is on wow. iTunes, yeah. I don't Look, I, don't drive your Tesla yeah. into a tree. Uh, I don't want you to drive your Tesla into a tree, but I do. I do want you to to rethink your look at. We are a, you are now a, asking for murder and violence. We're an honorable podcast, you know. Maybe re- reevaluate that star rating. You can bump it up a few, I think. No, no, leave it there as a badge. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, Spirit of the Week is Tin Cup made with Rocky Mountain Waters. This is actually a gift from Captain Bill Dwyer. Oh, so it's Captain, Captain Bill Dwyer. What does he do for a did he like? Did he save a, a person burning from a building yeah, and you then know he ran out to the ABC store the, to the pick funny, you something the funny, up? The funny thing well, is- Well, you're playing Civ. Well, the funny thing about the trope is, of course, that, you know, he's like, oh, but, you know, he's a firefighting captain and, you, and a fire marshal, but, you know, can he write? Uh, I keep on forgetting to mention that he does have a master's degree in history from Boston College. But other than that- and he was on the fencing team for BC. Other than that, we're cool. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, that's all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victory Mattis, at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last. Make mm. sure to get at JV Last. Especially your concerns about uh, electric cars. Yes. Again, he wants to hear from you. Be sure to. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I don't <laughs> want to hear from Again, you. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Just type in <laughs> Substandard under podcast. Does we're there. Actually I have a question for you. I don't know I what don't it know. is. I have a question for you, Vic. If I offered you $100, uh-huh. are we going to Tesla? One minute. Yeah. To find Stitcher on the internet, oh, could yes. you do it? <laughs> yes, I go on to a Word document, and then I just say, <laughs> "Type in," and then and then I'd say, "Computer S- Stitcher, Stitcher, please." I don't even know where Stitcher is or how one. gets I clicked a on Jim Swift's link, and there we were. Leave a review, <laughs> tell your friends, and don't there forget. There we were. <laughs> there we were. Uh, don't forget, Substandard Show is probably going to be up on Friday at eleven a.m. You know what? No, I don't think it's going to be now. I'm so so angry about this this Tesla thing that I'm. Not, no show notes for you. Oh, you see what's happened, people? Tweet at JBL and let him know. Let him know. Until next time. So, uh, I get just a, a, brief, a brief special shout out, I guess, to Kyle Foley for his live tweeting <laughs> yes. of the last two episodes of The Substandard, yes. which is, I find it strange, but oddly compelling. I Look, I'm going to throw this out there. I think that if if the, if we become a huge runaway success, like the Pod Save America oh, uh, Empire, yeah. uh, we, would, we will owe it all to Mr. Kyle Foley. So thank you. Thank you very much, Kyle. You know what? There's only one problem with this. Mm. Kyle's live tweets... So far, sometimes better than the actual show. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, He's putting us to shame, really. <laughs> but here, but here, so here's what I kind of would like, though. I wonder if we could set up a designated substandard listening time for people, where we coordinate. Like no, I mean not formally, but where Kyle and KSA and other people sort of agree that they're all going to have it on at the same time, comfortably, and they smug. could and smug, and Carl. And they can all live tweet together because I have to, that putting all those people together. Yeah, that would be ten, ten times better as good than the, as the show. show. That it's would be that show. would be a million times better than the right. show. God, I'm looking at the. It I'm would look- be like the uh, the, Wait, the, the, I, the the what was the VH1 with the the videos where the show where they would pop oh, up. Oh yeah, 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 pop, yeah, yeah, pop up, up video. It would be pop up video for the substandard, right. and it would be a vastly superior product. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the thing right now, the little sine wave of all of our, uh, uh, and I notice a big uh, a, like kind of dull spot in the middle where I was doing the review. Was I not in the mic? Could somebody give me a heads up when I'm like when I'm walking like this? Uh, I know, no, no, you, you were. Was, you, I, was you it were okay? On. Was it okay? I don't know. I was, okay. I was looking at my phone. I didn't notice. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine.